Welcome to Podcasts of Foes. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, we worked with more than 20 of the community's favorite live play D&D podcasts to record special episodes using monsters and lore from Tome of Foes. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and dungeon masters, and hopefully you will find one or two new podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, head to dnd.wizards.com slash mtof, or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. I wanted to thank Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords for organizing all these amazing adventures from the community in this podcast of foes. And to find out about the next D&D adventure, check out the Stream of Many Eyes on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. More information on that event can be found at dnd.wizards.com slash s-o-m-e. Have fun listening to this awesome one-shot adventure featuring monsters, stories, and lore pulled straight from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, available in game stores on May 18th and everywhere else on May 29th. Have fun rolling dice! Hey everyone, welcome to the Dyson Kind, an actual play podcast. I'm your host and DM, Jeremy Alexa. This is a special episode for us for the Podcast of Foes event. Here we are doing D&D 5e, and we're really excited to start. This is a one-shot, and the theme is Cult Busters, hence the 80s music here. There's a slime mechanic in this as well, so watch out for that. We're really excited to be involved with this. Thank you to Wizards of the Coast, as well as Victoria Rogers and Greg Tito for this opportunity. We hope you enjoy. All right, Duncan, Maria, Victoria, and Sean are ready to get started. Let's do this. You all met one night to take on what you thought was a band of outlaws deep in the Weldath Forest. Instead, it was an early cult of Jerion. On this very first encounter, the group also met Roland Moonbrook. He helped guide them through the Weldath Forest back to Mossstone. Once the caravans of Mossstone departed, rumors of the cult busters began circulating throughout Faerun. Now instead of protecting caravans and adventuring, the cult busters traveled throughout Faerun with their patched together tarped over carriage. On the side of the barely held together wagon is the sign of Asmodeus with a shoddy circle painted around it with a slash through. You have all ventured from the city of Everland to the High Forest, just past Turlang's Woods, to the small village of Tritewood. Turlang's Woods is regrown woods that is being kept by Treants after a bunch of battles that happened here. Tritewood sent a messenger to the Coltbusters, explaining how people have gone missing or have come back not right in the head, but the village doesn't have enough people to continue to run and investigate the situation. Over 30 people have gone missing and the town's law enforcement is stretched thin, and they need people who specialize in weird stuff like this. It is about nine o'clock at night, and you are all in this wagon uh, heading to Tritewood. This is about the last 20 minutes or so before you arrive. You can see a little bit of a glow of the village in the distance. Who's driving? Who's riding shotgun? What are each of you doing? I have a question. (laughs) Go for it. Why do we have the symbol of like the king of demons on the side of our caravan? 
it's with a circle and a slash through it, so it's no okay. demons. Oh, I'm <laughs> makes it makes it awkward Woo! for a tiefling. <laughs> okay. I would have never figured that out if it makes. I wouldn't have bad. either. It's fine. Who's driving, for instance? Well, who's the best with animals? Good That'd with animals? probably be me. All right. Roland Moonbrook. I'm a high elf druid, and because I'm good with animals, would it make sense if I were driving? Absolutely. Then I'll be I'm, driving. I'm three feet tall. I'm not driving. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. I'm three foot, one inch. Yep, I'm a rock gnome named Babby Bramblebub. My mentality is because I'm the smallest of the group, I'm assuming. You know, I don't necessarily have to sit in the front where there's all this room. I was just going to be kind and see if anyone who's taller has a tail wants to sit in the front with more room. That's Looking a hint. Looking <laughs> I mean, yeah. Being that Finbar Ivygather, tiefling, uh, yeah. I'll be sitting in the front with the high elf. What class do you play, Finbar? Paladin. All right. And you're just keeping watch right now? Yeah, I'm looking around, keeping an eye out, seeing if there are any omens of the gods trying to tell us anything. All right. As we know, the gods it, are everywhere. It's darker than what you would expect uh, on approach of a town. As the camera follows over the top of the head of Babby as she comes down from the shotgun position of the cart, we pan to... I was planning on just walking next to the carriage. I mean, okay. I don't picture the carriage like going very fast, very fast, is it? Just like a walking horse. Yes, I am walking. Yeah. So the camera pans out through following Babby, who peeks out the back, and the camera sort of does a 180 and comes up behind and sees... A half-elf, a very solemn-looking half-elf with her hair just like pulled back in a very no-nonsense braid, so it's just like out and out of her face and out of the way if a fight has to happen. And you see a glowing morning star kind of looped around in her belt. And she's just watching and walking and, you know, just scouting out, making sure there's no ambushes or anything untoward coming out in their way. All right. Is there anything else anybody wants to do on approach to this town? I kind of move my way through the back of the wagon, keep myself entertained and looking stuff. And then I move back up to the front and between Roland and Finbar, I kind of look between the two of them and being very forward, I look at Finbar and go, what's it like having a tail? Well, what's it like not having a tail? Both have their advantages. I mean, your tail's taller than I am, so... I don't know. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I guess I never thought about that. It's like being blessed with an extra limb by the gods. All right. And with that, you arrive to the town of Tritewood at night. You smell a wet fire and see a bit of smoke that depicts the rays of light bubbling up from the logged walls. Outside of the gate is a human male holding an oil lantern. Just so you know, humans are kind of a rarity in this part. It's mostly elves in these woods. He's holding an oil lantern, trying to stay warm in his overcloak. So he is wet and he is shivering. 
he sees you and he hollers out, Are you the cult busters? Yep. Rolling nods. All right, come on in. I don't think our gate can fit your carriage. If you can leave it outside, that would be great. How big is this gate? How big is our carriage? The gate is only as wide as about a horse and a half. And the carriage is a bit wider. It's being pulled by one horse, but it is two horses wide. Well, is there someone that's going to help us bring in our equipment then? He raises his other hand with the lantern in the one hand. He raises the other hand and he goes, I'll help you. As you are unloading into the inside of the town, there is little to no movement. Some lights are on inside of small cottage houses. It seems for the most part people are either asleep or the houses are just completely abandoned. There's a dilapidated temple to the far side opposite the entrance of the village. Just around the corner of some shanty houses, there's a larger two-story house and across the street is the Tavern Inn. It shows vacancy, but as you're walking by and placing your stuff just along the porch of the inn, there's no bartender as you can see as you peek in through a window. Across the street by those shanty houses is the sheriff's office. Anyone work this place? I ask our, our little guard helper. Sheriff nods and he goes, he's one of the ones who've been missing. Ah. Some of the people who helped bring it in and inside in, in due time. We're just so stretched thin. I haven't had sleep in days. We need some help. Where do you need us? One of the townsfolk came back, but he wasn't his usual self. And so we put him in the jail cell because he was a little aggressive. Come with we, me. Yeah, I'd like to talk to this person. As you enter the sheriff's office, you smell mildew and mold. That place hasn't been cleaned for what seems to be weeks. There's a small desk to the right, and to your left, there's the jail, which consists of three cells. In one of the cells is an elf with his head against the wall, facing opposite you. The sheriff looks at you all and goes, This is Titus, and uh, we found him out in the woods earlier, just kind of wandering around. Since we put him in the cell, he hasn't been very responsive. How is he dressed? In what would have been nice clothes if they weren't sopping wet and tattered. Sorry, did I miss? Is it raining out? It is drizzling out, yes. I did not establish that, and I'm sorry about that. But yes, it is drizzling out. Before I go over and talk to the prisoner, I'm going to walk straight up to the sheriff. I do have my sergeant insignia of my rank of my because of my soldier background it is on my armor and i'm going to walk up and i'm going to say it's nice to meet you i am sergeant misla and put out my hand he puts out his hand and he's and he goes i'm mark and pravemore mark and pravemore it's it's a pleasure to meet you thank thank you for coming when did this start people started disappearing i don't know three weeks ago we thought they just got lost in the woods but people just continued to disappear their friends and family would go out to look for them and then they would disappear too in a town of a hundred we're down to 60 almost so we don't 
A town like this can't operate with that few people. Especially with children around. What does Merkin have on him? Like, keys? What weapons does he, has, he have? He has keys. He has a little crossbow on his back. And his leather, it reeks. He has This guy hasn't bathed in days. And you just see tired eyes on him. So, when you say that some people kind of just started disappearing, is there anything that these original people had in common? Let's see here. First, it was our blacksmith kid. He was 18 harvest old. He went missing, and then blacksmith Jacob went out to look for him, and then then we didn't have a blacksmith for a while. Still don't have one. And then there was another one. We lost one of our temple servants. She got lost. And I say get lost, but it's more disappear, but it's lost to us. We don't know where there are. Do we and know then, the last known whereabouts of these people? They went out to look for food. We're a small farming town. And people go in and out of town all the time to pick their and harvest their crops, but this is just a central location amongst it. So they went out to their fields? Yeah. Some of them to trade with the fields. Some of the people like to sell on their, at their shops as well. That's why I have to go into town when you can, you know, go across the street to your neighbor. Does the blacksmith's son or kid? Jacob's son, yeah. Did they go out into a field? Like, do they work in a field or? The only thing that they have in common with that is that they just left town. I mean, I don't remember anything particular after that. I can show you outside where we found Titus here. Uh, He was kind of wandering around one of the small paths along into the forest. But like I said, I don't know where he came back from, but he's not right. Just look at him. Titus, by the way, has not moved at all. It almost seems like he isn't even breathing at all. How about the forest itself? Has there been any deforestation going on or extraneous hunting or anything like that from your town? The only thing that we have is anything that comes with permission from the treants. At least that's all I know. The treants have let us use some of the fertile soil from this forest to be able to grow crops to be able to help feed Everland, but (laughs) without people being able to run some of the crops or even bring them into town now, this town might just die off. Paint that picture for me. What, like, so there's three cells. There's three cells. Are they just off in, like, the corner or down a hall? It lines along this opening room, which is basically just the cells and a desk. To your left is three cells in a row. They're divided just with a single bar pane between each cell. And you see this elf just face to the wall, not moving and you see a little, one of those thin windows above them. It's like the steel reinforced frame to let light in, but that's it. So he is not looking out the window. His face is just up against a wall. Okay. I'm going to wander over and say, hey, friend. All right. Everybody can give me a perception check, please. Fifteen. So it's a 25 for Roland. Ooh, 18. I got a 19. Sweet. 
So everybody passed this. You see this elf slowly turns around, its head cocked to its side. The eyes are open, and the jaw is kind of hanging out. Tongue's still in the mouth, but just hanging out. It starts approaching the prison cell by Terran. You see that the eyes aren't focused on anything in particular right now. If anybody could roll nature or religion or arcana or history or insight, any of those skills. I'll do religion. Yeah, I Uh, can do insight. Okay. Yeah, I I will as well. That's my bigger one. I roll a nat one. Boom. (laughs) Got a 13 for arcana. 13 for arcana. You got 11 for insight. Oh, you got 11 for insight? Okay. Mm-mm. 18 for religion. Ooh. Okay. As this elf sort of approaches you, Duncan, you recognize this thing. This thing isn't alive. Whatever this elf was, it isn't alive anymore. Ooh. It's, it's something else. And as it starts sort of not exactly dragging over, but is sort of walking over... Babby, you remember what this could be. And as it reaches to the jail cell wall, which is, you know, all the bars in between with lots of crossbars so they can't, you know, bend open the bars to be able to power their way out or anything like that. Babby, you remember something. So up to this moment, I'm lingering with the group. I'm staying very quiet because I'm eyeing the desk behind me, seeing if there's ever a moment where I can go take a look, see if there's anything I might be able to take from it or decipher because, I'm sorry if I didn't say this before, uh, yeah, I'm a rock gnome rogue. (laughs) So as I take my eyes off from the desk when Taryn starts talking, I look the elf up and down and realize... I think I know what it is, so I take a step back. I go behind Roland a little bit and just pipe up a bit going, oh, that's a shambling zombie. Doesn't look like the disease turned it undead. I'd say the bone structure is deteriorating faster with the necrotic curse rather than the normal infection based on death. Maybe it still has blood pumping in it. Uh, So if you compress its chest, it can do one of two things to check. If it's infection-based, the jaws will extend past the skin of the mouth. And if not... Are you going to test this, Taryn? No. (laughs) The thing's like a monster and it's undead. I'm not touching it. The only thing I'm going to touch it with is my weapon. So if not, and I kind of look up at all the tall people... As it approaches the bars, and you knocked on the bar to bring its attention over to you, right? No, I just walked up and said, hey, friend. Okay. It runs into the bar and then backs up and then runs into the bar again. All right. I've seen enough. Okay. So you've seen enough. Uh, What do you do? I just kind of step back and let other people do their thing. Babby. I mean, seems to know exactly what the heck this thing is. So I'm like, well, she knows. We're good to go. Is it Finbar? Yeah. Fin Finbar, sure. Have you seen enough of this? But it's undead. Yeah, you can't cure undead. 
as this is going on, uh, Sheriff looks at Yuan and goes, so he can't be cured. He's undead now, right? That's that's a thing that can't be cured, right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, this sucker's gone. Yeah. I slowly yeah. nod up and down. Sheriff looks over, looks back at you guys, takes off the crossbow out off his back, and goes up to what used to be an elf and executes it with crossbow bolt to the head. I run away as fast as possible. Do I need a roll to do that? I will roll to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say if you're within 10 feet of this thing, you need a dexterity saving throw. Well, that doesn't uh, anybody within I ten feet? Back, but I don't know if I stepped back that much. Okay. What do I have to roll? I definitely have to roll because I was close enough to perceive okay. what it is. Okay. So under saving throws, I think it's at the top area of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, top left. Top left. Okay. You'll see a little thing that says saving throws. Oh, what's the proficiency bonus here? I have plus three next to my proficiency bonus. Great. And then what's next to the dexterity bonus then? Dexterity plus six. So. You roll d20 and add six for a saving throw. Yep. This is Maria's first time playing this, everyone. This is also yours too, right, Sean? Yeah. Oh, my dexterity throw is five plus six. It's 11. It is 11? Okay. Ah, tits. Oh, yeah, I rolled a five. (laughs) I rolled rolled a five five and got a three, so eight. Okay. I did not escape this unless it was really easy to escape. Yeah, I have a nine. (laughs) You had a nine? Yeah. Okay. And Finbar? I figure I was right at the edge of the 10-foot range. But I still got a 15. Uh, Where did we cut out? You got a 15? Yeah. So, Finbar, let's say the sheriff just executed the zombie that was in the cell. Oh, good lord. And what happened to us? (laughs) As sheriff pulls the trigger... You see what is, I I wouldn't say a tidal wave, but it is clearly an explosion of slime that just pours past him as he pulls the trigger. Babby and Taryn, you're caught in a little bit of that. I wouldn't say you're slimed, but you are inconvenienced by this. By the nine (laughs) hells, really? And I'm just going to look at him like, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> you see the sheriff. He puts down his crossbow, like sort of dejected. And he goes, well, I guess that means I should take a bath finally. I've been up for 48 hours. You and uh, like he you looks over at you. have quite longer than that. <laughs> Um, due respect and he looks friend. over at you and goes, have you seen anything like this before? Have you guys we? have. Yes. Uh, oh, nice. yeah. You deal with ectoplasm all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Ectoplasm just, like, is flick. our middle name. <laughs> I flick some of that ectoplasm off of me. I'm like, yeah. And then I flick it off of me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I look up at the sheriff angrily and go, Soap doesn't get rid of this. It never washes off your soul. <laughs> Accurate. Well, that sucks. Okay. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> Think about that next time. It totally does suck, bro. And you he like sort of that. flips his hands to get some of the slime off of him. And he goes, let me take you to the path where we found him. 
He tries to walk out, and he slips and falls. He gets up. He continues on exiting the sheriff's office. I step carefully around the area that he slipped on. All right, everybody following? Yeah. Around the slipping spot, yeah. He takes you just outside of the village, not even 50 feet away from the gate. You see what is this path that looks unofficial but well-worn. Like, traffic has gone through, but it's made. It just happened to be created from people, like, trampling the brush and stuff so much. Where does this lead to? Beats me. It only showed up in the last couple of months, but I just thought it was a shortcut into some of the fields, or shortcut through the fields. I don't know. But I'm going to go get dressed. Or I'm not dressed. I am dressed. I'm going to go get a bath for the first time in a while. Do you guys need anything else? After I get cleaned up, I'll help bring some of your stuff into the inn. I think we're okay. Yeah. All right. Where do you guys want to go? Do you want to go back into town? Or do you want to continue along the path? What time of day is it? We were starting out at... You said nine. It, I said nine. So it is nine. about 10 p.m. now. So it is dark. Is it still Rain. raining? It is drizzling. There is still clouds overhead. It hasn't turned into a downpour. It's enough that to warrant a hat for the minor inconvenience that after a while your hair will get wet. Unbelievable. I want to just scan the bit of the path that I can see with my dark vision and see if mm-hmm. there's any animal prints. Yeah. Are there only like humanoid marks or are there any animals using this path? You see mostly humanoid marks. Most of the branches and stuff along this path for as far as you can see, which is about 60 feet. It is humanoid in structure The bran- where the branches are broken for people passing through multiple times. An average human or high elf, about six or seven feet tall, with about two to three feet wide of an opening. And along the path, it's about a foot and a half wide. You don't see any specific wild animal prints. You do see some of the berries and stuff have been picked off in the nearby area. Do you want to roll for anything specific? I'll roll to see if there's been any prints within the last hour. Okay. I'm good at survival. Ooh. So. That's tracking. Yeah. Me too, actually, yeah. And, and you know what? I have dark vision, so this nighttime thing, who cares? Me too. Okay. I think we all have dark vision, to be I'm honest. I'm pretty sure we all have dark vision. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah. So, so, nighttime? Fuck it. Wait until day. Who does that? Losers. That's who. Exactly. Okay. Sissies. People who don't care exactly. about uh, <laughs> their fellow humanoid. Oh. We can just track. Totally Fuck track. it. I only have one eye in my other podcast. <laughs> I will use dark vision in this one. Yeah. Let's do this. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I could cast a spell. I mean, I feel like we've been playing all this time now. I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Hey, so let's suppose I had a, like an innate spell of detect evil and good or detect magic. Okay. So like, let's say I rolled a nat 16 on detect evil and good and I have, what is that? Okay, yeah. So you see within 30 feet of you, nothing. Because that's the ah. distance of it, right? You don't detect anything within 30 feet. 
Good thing I'm getting my good rolls out of the way on the things that don't actually matter. <laughs> Should we continue down the path of unknown and the enlightened or should we just you know go down into the dark and see what's going on either way we're going to go down the same way right i mean i'm pretty Um, sure that we had decided that we could see in the dark and we had no reason to not go down this path so (laughs) right let's roll we should go i think we should all right so no evil was detected within the 30 feet However, Finbar, do you want to continue concentrating on that? Because that can last 10 minutes if you concentrate. Yes. So far, it was a bunch of people wanting to continue along the path. Taryn, would you like to continue along the path as well? Yeah. Sleep is for wussies. For the Um, week. As you're walking along the forest, it's dense and overgrown. The air is wet. The condensation exits your mouth with every breath that you take. You hear leaves flutter under a light breeze above you, but you don't feel any sort of breeze where you're at. You continue along the path that delves deeper into the forest, seemingly away from some of the tree ants keeping. As you're continuing farther and farther along, it looks as if traffic along the path has picked up significantly more. This part is only for Terran, though. Everybody else does not hear this. As you guys are all approaching a creek, Terran, you hear a familiar sound almost a wailing, but it just sounds so familiar to you. Okay. It's off of this path along to the right, and you stick out sort of your hand to see if you can block the noise from where it's coming from, because you notice nobody else is really hearing it. And as you put your hand out, it appears to get a little bit colder. The air gets colder or my hand? The air around your hand gets colder. Okay, and, and you say that the sound sounds familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. What does it sound familiar of? Sounds of battle. And when we say sounds of battle, like it sounds like... It is the reaction of someone being slain or battle cries. So multiple battle cries with like swords and armor and shouts. And... You only hear the battle cries... You don't hear the swords or armor. All right. That's weird. At that point, I'm going to look around and I say, does, does anyone else hear that? Uh, it appears to you, Taryn, that the wailing and the war cries are getting louder and louder. And just beyond, it's about 40 feet away, you see a little bit of a shining light. There's just this little glimmer. And Finbar... You can't detect anything still. You see it, but you can't detect anything from it if it's mm. good or evil. Okay. It's out of range of you two right now, so. Gotcha. So am I, I, I... Clearly, I'm not the only one that sees this, right? Right now? Everybody sees it, but Taryn is the only one who can hear it. Ah. Yeah. Finbar? Yes. Do you mind taking point on this one? I think this is kind of your thing. Oh, absolutely. I would be delighted to. As you get closer, it turns into an apparition, and Finbar, your alarms are going off on this thing, but it's not showing itself to you. And it is definitely not alive, but it is not showing itself as a threat to you. And as you get closer, the apparition turns into a half-elf and it is dressed up in armor 
from a battle that you are familiar with, Terran. It's the battle that you made a certain deal with. Do I recognize the half-elf? Does it look like me? Yeah, half-elf looks like yeah. you. Yeah, blonde hair, gray eyes, five foot five build, about 129 pounds. But it is wearing not the same armor as you. It's wearing the armor that you were oh. incapacitated in. I'm going to look at that, and I'm going <laughs> to glance at everyone else to see what their reactions are to this. Oh, well, Finbar is very intrigued, and yet I really, really don't want to have to deal with this. Yes, yeah, so cautiously also looking around, like, seriously, the guy's... Seriously. Yeah, As, uh, Roland just seems very mistrustful of this doppelganger. Okay. Babby? Babby's torn between fascinated and terrified. Uh, Babby, roll Arcana. Three. 17 plus three. Ooh, 20. 20. All right. Everybody, you can roll whatever the insight, religion, as well, if you want to. Oh, sweet. I rolled a 19 plus 3, so 22 for insight. I had 18 for insight. I got a 19 plus 4. I got a 23 on religion. This apparition is definitely undead, but it's not showing itself to you specifically as a threat. In fact, it holds up a hand to you, Taryn, for you to reciprocate. I I furrow my brows at it. Because okay. I'm not a mirror. I don't like this assumption on whatever this weird thing is that I'm supposed to reciprocate to. And I stare at it and I say, what in the blazes are you and what are you doing here and why do you look like me? As you furrow your brow and you say that, its eyes start to sink in. Its face ages, showing a skull with glowing eyes and sharpened teeth. The arm and clothes age to become just a tattered robe. And... Yeah, I knew I didn't trust this thing. So again, Babby was torn between fascinated and terrified. And the moment Taryn furrowed her brows and spoke, that kind of woke Babby out of her trance-like state. And looking at the specter, she takes a step back and just by instinct, kind of half hides behind Roland because he's closest to her. And Babby looks up and just goes, that looks like a deathlock. A warlock who betrayed its patron and is now cursed to blindly follow its master's will. And then I give a side glance to Taryn, but then quickly look back, hoping she doesn't realize I did that because I don't want to judge or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then just absentmindedly kind of just pull at my hair a little bit out of nervousness and it's like you know no so I'm good. if you <laughs> my patron and I were solid okay well if you poke it in its side on the hip pointer it'll giggle like guaranteed but just don't be near it when it when it turns and dex saving throne for finbar and Terran, please oh great uh, i got 14 if it says Oh, no, definitely not. But I got a 19. Finbar doesn't get nice. slimed. What was yours? Ah! 14. What was, you didn't get slimed either. You Ooh. dodged the ectoplasm. Yes! Um, <laughs> roll initiative, everybody. Oh, well, that doesn't Ten. do me any good. 10 21. For 10. 
20. Eight. I rolled a four, my dexterity is 16, and then it's a plus three. Wait, is that how that works? Look, I'm not good at math. Is that just good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I, got an, I got a nat 18. You got a nat 18. All right, so here we go. It's going to be Babby, then Roland, then Finbar, then the Deathlock, and then Terran. As you see this thing slimes, just pours out of its mouth, and it rears back to get ready to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. What were you looking to do? Tasha's hideous laughter. Your spell's save DC is 14. Cool, so I got to be 14. Yeah, the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Got it. And it fails. All right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this death Perfect. lock doubles over and it is just writhing in laughter. You're seeing light emanate from the laughter of it. God, I just cannot stand this. And I just step back and just cast Tasha's hideous laughter. Because it's just like, you think this is funny? <laughs> oh my god, none of this is funny. I hate you. <laughs> I am not chilling right now whatsoever. <laughs> All right, next up is Roland. Roland is going to start casting Moonbeam. That's a good one. How does that work? Uh, it takes one action to cast, and then once it's cast, a moonbeam uh, within a, of a five foot radius, 40 foot high, basically a cylinder kind of pours down. I can move it around for up to a minute by concentrating, but anything within the beam takes 2d10 radiant damage oh, on wow. a failed save. And is this thing technically a shape changer? Negative. Gotcha. Then, yeah, so it's a constitution saving throw when he makes it. Oh, well, this is going to be awesome. Cool, so you're starting your moonbeam up, and yes. now it is... Finbar, what you doing? I'm going to use my long sword. Seems like the most appropriate thing to do. I got a six plus five, uh, 11. Wait, no. Uh, you the... do not hit it. Well, thank God. Your sword tries to slice the deathlock, and it just floats out of the way. Damn it. Next up is the deathlock, which seems to be very much centered on Terran right now, and it is going to cast Grave Bolt. So it's out of the hideous laughter right now. It does not make it. And it's burned for 14 points. You hear it just scream in searing pain, and you hear just this sizzle off of it. We will not tell your story. Uh, No immortality with words here. Pardon? 14 will not do it. No, it won't. All right. <laughs> Fires this uh, bolt of black necrotic energy. And I just sidestep. Oh, step to the side. <laughs> All right, next up is Taryn. First off, bonus action. I am going to be taking out my Morningstar from its loop at my belt, and it flares in light as I use it as my focus and cast Branding Smite on it. What is that? Well, the next time that I hit a creature with a weapon attack 
before the spell ends, the weapon gleams with astral radiance as I strike, and the attack deals an extra 2d6 radiant damage to the target. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. I come out. I just, like, walk straight up to it. Like, we're done here, buddy. And I backhand it with my Morningstar as my first attack. And then as my second attack, I follow through with an upwards chop towards its jaw. Man. All right. really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) So because this is my packed weapon and because I'm awesome, I get a plus eight to all of my attacks right now. All right. So 14 plus eight and 12 plus eight. Uh, You did both. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bye, Warlock. Deathlock. So first hit then is 17 damage. So yeah, 17 and 11. So you're right up to it, right? Oh yeah, I'm right there. I'm just smashing its face in with my Morningstar. As you hit it with your Morningstar, you're defeating this thing. Yeah, but now it's a uh, question of how messy are we going to (laughs) get. And since um, I'm like right there because I missed the thing yeah. with the long sword, <laughs> um, not too how, pleased about uh, this. How does this look? Well, I know it's going to slime me. This is like a, a smash and then like an upward smash as I do a, another kind of slide over to the right. Okay, as you do that upward smash to finish it off, you see this thing instantly is. turn into nothing but slime, which goes into the air. <laughs> Dexterity saving throw for everybody within 15 feet of that. God damn it. I'm thinking just Finbar and <laughs> Terran. And Terran, thank you. 18. Well, nat All right. one. Oh. One? Nat one. All right, you're covered in slime, Finbar. Yeah, your, damn your, right your I scale mail is covered. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Taryn, you managed to dodge out like of the way before. of the falling slime. Sweet. Babby, do you have precedent digitation? Yeah, I do. You can cast that one cubic foot by one cubic foot all over our friend there and clean him. And Jeremy doesn't look very happy about me suggesting that. <laughs> She's the best. So, We're so never gaming without her again. I think at this point we've got this down. Like this is a routine. Yeah, this is it's a like Babby, your turn. How tall is he? Five foot five. I made him small, like a little red fucker. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm picturing sort of like Robo Satan from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's what we're going to go with. I love this group. Um, <laughs> so it takes you about a minute of prestidigitation to clean off Finbar. Do you want to move along the path now? Well, I want to ask a question about prestidigitation because it says you instantly clean or soil an object no larger than one cubic foot. And there's another one where it says you create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect such as an odd odor. And the first time I read this, I immediately went farts. But like, <laughs> mm-hmm. could I also make Finbar smell like lavender? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you want to smell like? 
Well, I, farts or lavender? I guess I only have two. <laughs> lavender <laughs> farts. I'd imagine Finbar probably smells like brimstone under a regular basis. So, dealer's choice. Babby walks up to Finbar and casts prestidigitation. I'm pronouncing that correctly, yes. right? How many more times can we say prestidigitation? <laughs> I cast prestidigitation on Finbar to clean the slime off of him as best as possible. And then while casting it, since we got a bit of time as we recoup, we quickly just add some lavender into it and give him a big old smile. <laughs> so it's been about 30 more minutes in game for you guys after taking on this deathlock. Do you want to continue on the path? Mm, can I investigate this area a little bit where this deathlock appeared? Sure. Yep. Are you looking for anything specific? I'm looking for anything suspicious. Perception. 15. Okay. You see there's no footsteps to this area other than your own. This thing has been wandering. After it turned into slime, you found what looks to be a silver ring on the ground. I poke at it with my dagger and see what happens. It depresses down to the ground. When you let go, it comes back up. Alright, I, I try to hook it onto the tip of my dagger and bring it up so that I can take a closer look at it. Looks to be a plain silver ring. Nothing engraved on it, nothing. No engravements on it. Engravings, engravement, engravings um, on it. Alright, so it's been longer than a minute, so our paladin friend here, Finbar, his detection of like good and evil is no longer on. His detection of good and evil lasts 10 minutes. Oh, it's, it's been 30. Yeah, it's been 30. They would also like to cast Detect Magic. You have Detect Magic on right now. Yes. And you see that it's glowing. You see that it's magic. It's enchanted. But that's all you can see. He should be able to know what school of magic it is. Enchantment. Okay. So we definitely have some magic ring you got there. We definitely not suggest anybody puts this on. I put it in my coin purse. All right. Anything else? Uh, continue Somebody on the path. Somebody smarter than then? me is going to have to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> As you continue along the path, you see there's a bit of a clearing now, and you actually see a bit of a burrowed cave in the distance. And 60 feet away, because you guys have dark vision, you all see movement. What it's, kind of movement? It's slow and unnatural, except for one creature. That one creature limps around and then puts its arm covering what looks to be a four-foot-tall sapling. At that distance, you hear an audible chomp and crunching noises. And as its arm comes back up, reveals that there is no more sapling there. The other two creatures shamble around on all fours, and the last one is armored, so there's four beings. One did a sapling chomp, two are on all fours, and one is just there in armor, and it's acting as an overwatch, and so you see its head turning. It turns at 360 degrees, and then turns back at 360 Ooh. degrees. Oh, great. I'm going to roll to see what I would know other than an owl that can roll its head around a lot. 
I'm gonna go for Arcana. All right. And if anybody else wants to roll that, you all see this. So I got a 20, not a natural 20, but... For Arcana, I got a 12. Anybody else? Uh, I got an 18 Um, for Religion. And I got a 9, so I probably... Can I tell Um, from where I am without a roll if what type of armor it is? Is it like glinting in the moonlight like it's like a metal armor? Leather armor. Okay. Studded level armor. And you see that it is... Dibic. Typically, these types of demons inhabit. These things like to mess with people by like having them move in ways that they shouldn't. And this is one of those ways. So he's an asshole. Uh, I want to fight it. I don't know if anyone else wants to fight it. I look I mean, ready to fight it. My morning star is out. glow emanating from a cave. This thing reminds me of my cousin um, who's... The other masterwork t- is puppetry, and I hate puppets, and I hate my cousin, and I hate <laughs> this thing we're about to fight. Oh, God. As the other two things that are on all fours are ghouls. You guys have dealt with those before countless times. But you don't know what this other thing is. Thing. Taryn, will you please go kill the flesh marionette? It makes me uncomfortable. With pleasure. I feel oh. dirty. I said flesh marionette. <laughs> I rolled a, a grand old five. Ooh. I'm Ooh. dexterous. I'm right below you with a four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I got a six. I got a 22. Ooh. So we have Maria first. <clears throat> and then you guys rolled a four, five, and six, right? That's what you guys wow. did? Yeah, we're yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly what we did. Probably the best, <laughs> yeah. actually. All right. <laughs> what size creature is a ghoul considered? Medium. Interesting. It's medium. Babby goes first, followed by Handmouth, followed by Dibic, followed by Ghoul One, followed by Finbar, followed by Terran, followed by Roland, followed by Ghoul Two. I am. Desperately seeing if anything is in range for what I can do. 60 feet is where you're at. You can move into yeah. it. That's part of your turn. How do I go about the sneak attack? So that's stealth. Okay. My stealth is plus nine, so let me roll that. Whoa! Seriously, how is that the like the rock that doesn't make any noise? It's that, like the rocks that go across the desert at night and nobody knows how. Yeah. Yes. What'd you get? I didn't know those existed. 12 plus 9 is... 21. 21. 21. Yeah, you're fine. You pass everything. So you sort of sneak into range. Um, I sneak into range and kind of duck a little low and pull my crossbow out Okay. aim. I think that's the turn. Can you hide as a bonus action? Oh, cunning. Cunning action. You get a cunning action you can use once per turn that you can dash, disengage, or hide. Yeah. Thank you. There it is. Great. So with that one cunning action, I hide. I'm going to hide behind a fallen tree trunk. Awesome. It's trunky. Trunky. <laughs> Perfect cover. Great. Next up, uh, you have these things that do not notice any of you, including possessed owl guy, I guess is what we called him earlier. So you see it turning 360, ready to go, but 
not advancing to anyone. Next up is Finbar. Uh, I have in my position a wand of magic missiles. How does what? that work? Yeah, no, it's in my thing. Where'd you you didn't get look, that? You, you didn't look in my equipment. I just put it in there and orc puck <laughs> it. You didn't tell me it's I couldn't. It's yeah, keepsies. for real. It's keepsies. All that bullshit in there. If you look in my equipment, you're going to be like, oh, God, I really should have. And you really should have. <laughs> I don't want to use it yet. I need to sneak a little bit closer, but I just want to know how it's going to work. I'm just asking what I roll. I'm just asking what you I don't, roll. You don't magic missile is an automatic hit. Oh, well then. I'm going to get closer before I use magic missile. I would like to continue to sneak. Sorry, Jeremy. I'm a player. Yeah. Oh, no. She's not a player. She just I'm, crushed I'm a lot. I'm okay with this. Hey, a bunch of that shit they put in there for me. I was like, I don't know what that is. Uh, but look, a bag of holding and a rope of climbing and... Uh, Dude oh. has a bag of holding, braces of archery, rope of yeah. climbing, wand yeah. of magic missiles, arrow yep. slaving, defender short sword. So just a few. Nobody told me I couldn't. I sent this to you like four times, Jeremy. You had the chance. <laughs> Not going to lie. I did not expect that I needed to check the equipment list. That is absolutely my fault. Yes. It's perfect. Something's going in the bag of holding. Don't worry. And by something, I mean something living. It's going to be great. Um, well, then, fuck it. We're casting magic missile at the darkness. Okay. No, I'm casting it okay. at, at owl thing because it's 120 feet and fuck off. <laughs> All right, it's an automatic hit, so roll 3d force. You can even separate them and shoot at three different things if you want. And there's three different targets that we have in front of us, so one, two, three, let's just do that. All right, so target number one is a four. I am going to go for 360 neck and then hand mouth and then... Yeah, ghoul. Then a ghoul? Okay. All right. Four was the first one. Remember, it's 1d4 plus one. Plus one, so five. And then another five. And then a four. Yes. Because, I mean, really, it's just time to stop screwing around. (laughs) (laughs) You see these things, they get hit with these arcane darts. And they see where they came from. Ah, damn it. And they start charging. (gasps) Yeah. Sorry, guys. Taryn, you're up. All right. Well, I've used one spell slot. Who's in the lead that's coming towards us? Ghoul. Definitely the ghoul. Okay. So I can travel up to 30 feet. And it's like 60 feet away from me, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think you guys will be closing the gap. Okay, and so I'm just going to run up, and as I come in, I'm going to just bring down my Morningstar in a smash. Okay. And then I'm going to bring it up to smash its jaw. All about the jaw today. I'm game. Yeah, jaws. <laughs> I want it. My, my goal is to knock a jaw off. Okay. I love it. The nat one. Womp, womp. Yeah, and I, I miss. Like, I, I as I bring it down, I, my momentum, I guess, from running up was a little too much. But I try again with my sweep upward. That's 22. 
and smash that ghoul in the jaw. What's your damage? Six. Six Six damage? damage. Yep. Okay. You don't see the jaw knock off, unfortunately. It knocks up, and it's impacted into its into the top of its into the top of the mouth. So you see this like scrunched mouth now. And a molar flies out. I'm gonna roll to see if I catch that molar. <laughs> All right, Roland's turn. Um, Roland is going to uh, cast Conjure Animal. All right, which animal are you conjuring? He's going to conjure up an Allosaurus. I love this so much. Okay. Yeah, and the Allosaurus gets his own initiative. Fantastic. Once the, the round goes around. Okay. 15. Great. So, um, yeah, so he's popped up. Let's say I'm conjuring him like eh, 20 feet in front of me. That's going to be a pants wetter right there. That's awesome. And I get to keep him for an hour. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> then you better name him. His name is Brad. <laughs> I love it. So the Allosaurus will be happening after Babby's next turn. So, okay. Uh, and the last ghoul sees what's happening, and it starts closing the gap. It's not going to make it all the way to you all yet. It's sort. Of, it was sort of more off to the side. And so it is making its way and is within striking distance of all of you from ranged, but not from melee. Top of the round, Babby, you're behind the tree trunk right now, so... Correct, and I already took my crossbow out, so I think the best would be to aim at the closest creature and fire. All right. 25. 25, all right, you definitely hit. What's your damage? Seven. Seven, all right. This thing is not looking great. It already has an impacted jaw, like literally impacted jaw. And uh, and now it's got an arrow in it. Next up is the Allosaurus. Yeah, I yell at it to um, go eat the thing with the spinny head. Eat the thing with the spinny head. Got yeah. it. So he is, he's 20, I was 60 feet away, but he is now 40 feet away. Has the thing with the spinny head moved at all? It's It was on his way to Terran. Cool, so, okay, perfect. So then my Allosaurus is going to pounce on this spinny head dude, um, which means he is running up to it, and he gets to slap it with its claw. Eleven. The Allosaurus misses. That's That's a sad thing. You see this attempt at a claw from the Allosaurus, and the Dybbuk just collapses the body into this, like, shambling thing, and then comes up on all fours um, on the side and starts... Uh, doing one of the things from uh, the the Exorcist uh, with the fingers going towards the Allosaurus. Ooh. Yep. That's the kind of stuff that they do. It likes to terrorize other creatures by making the host bodies behave in horrifying ways. Next up, Mouth Hand Guy. So Mouth Hand Guy is going to go for Terran because she is the nearest thing to it. It's going to try to bite you with its hand. Uh, 22. That is a hit. All right. Take 12 piercing damage. And I need a constitution throw from you. 14 minus, or 44 minus 12 is 32. Oh, not 20. doesn't even matter what it is. Not 20. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Perfect. Uh, Next up is the Dybbuk. And it is going to attack the Allosaurus with 
fear is going to try to scare it away. We'll see how good an Allosaurus is. Wisdom saving throw from the Allosaurus. 16. The Allosaurus is not impressed. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Ghoul, that has an arrow in it and is in an impacted jaw, is going after Terran once more. And promptly misses because your AC is a 19, right? Yes. Misses. All right. It is Finbar's turn. I am going to draw my defender's short sword, and I am going <laughs> to attack the thing that is closest to me. Uh, and I have two attacks, so I'm going to do like a, an upstroke and then side stroke. Which are you attacking? The one that's not actively biting Terran. 17. You hit. And a 16. 16, you hit. Okay. 15 total, yeah. Next up is actually Terran's turn. So I've got this like mouth hand thing trying to bite me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, at this point, I'm going to stick my hand out like a stop motion saying, yeah, no, none of this. Okay. And as I do this, this green noxious fume comes emanating out of my hand. Um, and essentially, I'm casting a poison spray. Okay. So it, the creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw, which um, my spell save DC is 15. It fails the constitution saving throw. Oh, 2d12 damage. What type? Poison. Okay. You Probably do the... slightly immune, but... You do the poison spray, and it does one of these things. It completely immune... Man, and I rolled a 12 and an 11, too. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. And I look at it, and I just visibly slightly deflate. (sighs) Next up is Roland. So Roland is going to take out his short bow and shoot an arrow at the spinny head guy from where he's at. All right. Because there's melee going on, do I have a disadvantage for that, or has it worked? I believe you do. At this point, it's underneath, so I wouldn't say they're like super interlocked, and it's a freaking Allosaurus. So I feel like you're going to have a much clearer shot than per a normal melee combat. So just roll normally. Seven total. Yeah, not going to hit it. Lastly is the undamaged ghoul, and it's going to go after our lovely tiefling paladin. Dick. And it's going to try to claw you. What's your AC? 18. Uh, It hits for seven slashing damage, and I need you to make a constitution check. Nine total. You are paralyzed for a minute. Cool. You can repeat the saving throw at at the end of each turn to get out of it, but you are paralyzed. Babby. I want to cast Minor Illusion on the ghoul that was just engaged with Finbar because that's the latest action I saw. Okay. And I want to conjure a, a bright parrot above it just as simply a distraction. So the parrot's in the air, there's the color to distract it, but that's it. Because there's no actual like sensory, there's no smell or what have you. Okay. It's just something. So you 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 create a bright parrot right in front of its face? Correct. Okay. It's gonna be distracted by a bright parrot in its face. <laughs> Next up is Allosaurus. Yes, the Allosaurus is going to bite at our little bendy hand guy. Ben, uh, mouth hand or bendy hand? Um, the, the spinny hand. The, the, Got it. The big 25. You definitely hit. For 12. He bites him for 12. Bites Piercing him for damage. 12? 
12 piercing damage. Got it. All right, next up is Handmouth taking on Terran. Misses completely. Next up is Dybbuk with the Allosaurus. Misses. <laughs> uh, Dybbuk tries to, is unable to hit your Allosaurus. Next up is the Ghoul, the very injured Ghoul. And that misses as well. Misses Terran. Next up, Finbar. Get out of par- paralysis roll. Probably, yeah, get out of paralysis, not free roll. How about a 16? You're out. You're out of paralysis, and that is your turn. Yay. So you're you're able to get feeling back in your arms and legs again. Next up is Terran. Mouth hand in front of mm-hmm. me. I, I'm going to try to bash it again. Okay, go for it. For- oh, first attack is a 13. You hit. Oh, okay. Yep. Sweet. So I hit with that, and then second attack is 15. You hit. Okay, sweet. Six plus eight. All right, you defeat this thing. So I, I bring my morning star, and my first hit is is into like the rib, like kidney area, kind of like bring it down to the side, okay. make it jerk to the right. Okay. And then I, I bring the morning star back again, and as it jerks, I smash it over its skull, and its skull just... It implodes. Yeah. I love it. Roland. Um, and there's another ghoul near Terran, right? That is correct. So I'm going to try to shoot my arrow at that ghoul. Great. That one is more... is going to be more disadvantage roll, because of how close everything is right 14. You hit. Woohoo! Three points damage piercing. That thing is down. Unfortunately... Roll a dex saving throw, both Finbar and Terran. Damn it. Mm. Sorry. Nat one. <laughs> Again. 15. 15? Okay, Terran, you managed to dodge out of the way of the spewing slime from the mouth of the ghoul as it expires. Ooh, Unfortunately, it does this all over Finbar. Again. <laughs> so you got the feeling in your hands and legs, just enough to feel the slime hit you. <laughs> Um, next up, Ghoul. This is the Meyer Illusion one, and it aces, reaching through and attacking the illusion with flying colors to kill the parrot, and it and it disappears. That's its turn. It rolled a natural 20 to hit an illusion. <laughs> next I up, Babby. As the ghoul attacks my illusion, I aim my short bow at it and fire. Okay. That's eight. Two and five, and one. Two, five, one. So three, five, eight, eight, and eight, sixteen. You stick this thing through and through, shoulder to shoulder, out, and it is like not feeling good. And Allosaurus is next. It's gonna bite that dipic again. Do it. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. You hit. Fourteen. Awesome. Fourteen. Nice. How does it look? Right before he bites, he like. Let's out a big roar. And then he just leans down and chomps. All right. Next up, is that the very thing? It's going to make a tendril attack against it. With that one, it's rolling. It's definitely going to miss. <laughs> um, miss. <laughs> with that tendril attack, it slaps the ground and it gets stuck on a rock next to it. Next up is the ghoul. No, it is Finbar. Finbar, ready to do this thing. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to do it. Is there only one left? There's a ghoul, and there's the Dybbuk by the Allosaurus. Which one is closest to me? 
It is definitely the ghoul that hit you. Well, I'm definitely going to attack it with my uh, Defender short sword then. Go for it. Roll uh, it. <laughs> you hit. Roll again for your hit since you have, you're taking, I assume you're taking the second swing too. Ten. Great. You do not hit on the ten. Roll one damage worth of dice. Uh, four. How does that look? It looks like I do an upstroke right through his torso and then slice across, straight across the head, cutting it in half. All right. Ghoul is down. Congratulations, the ghoul is down. That paralyzed you. Roll that dexterity save. You have got to be shitting me. Can it get worse than a third nat one? Because <laughs> you're covered yeah, you're in just, goop. You are just covered in goop even more, buddy. It can't get worse than this. <laughs> somehow. Like legitimately somehow every, time, every time I roll. It just did. Oh, no, it was already in my mouth. Now it's in my ear hole. <laughs> oh, Next up, Taryn. Owlhead? Yes. All right. Then I'm, I'm going to stride up to it very purposefully and swing twice at it with my Morningstar. First attack, 18. Second attack, 22. Hit on both. Sweet. 21 total. Oh, yeah. It wow. did. You've destroyed the body, and you have hit into the demon that is possessing it. Yes. Yeah. Do you want this to look? Oh, I cackle. I'm very happy about this. As I stride towards it, I hit it in the gut first, make it double over, and then swing it up to hit it in the face. And as I stated before, I'm just cackling like... (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. There is no saving throw on this one because there's no slime involved in the Dybbuk. <laughs> you have annihilated whatever has been guarding this cave. All right. Um, I assume you're going to want to take a minute to do some prestidigitation cleaning on our lovely tiefling, our active tiefling here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. All right. He's like the pineapple in the jello mold. Yes. As you go into the cave, it gets colder and colder. Uh, the blue light begins to, gl- and the blue light as you continue through the cave uh, begins to glow brighter and brighter. As you go through, you see familiar symbols carved into the sides of the cave. Uh, as you continue through the cave, you find texts that describe the planes of hell, as well as portal creation. And as you make it to an opening, uh, you, you you continue farther into cave and you see more carvings along the walls. L- uh, looking of some of the things that you already killed today, you see a deathlock that is constantly around in the area throughout this that looks like what you had killed earlier. Uh, you also see the whatever that flesh monster was with the, hand, with the hand mouth. You continue on and you see cages of people who are sleeping or are turning undead into more ghouls. They're still dressed in commoner and townfolk garb. You see a couple wearing an apron, one with blacksmith gloves on, another with temple vestments. But the icon on their clothes are different. This one is the symbol of Alona, the goddess of nature, with unicorn on it. They're turning into ghouls, like, before our very eyes? They are slowly turning into ghouls, yes. The transformation is not complete. It seems to be a slow transformation. Hey, priest... Yeah, I know. I, I have uh, I have lay on hands as an action. Okay, what does that do? 
It uh, has a healing pool of 25 hit points. With it, you can heal a creature or expend five points to cure disease or neutralize poison. I don't know if that would work in this sense, but... It's not poison. It seems more like a curse. It seems more like a curse that was on the elf towards the beginning of this that you found in the jail. You notice, you feel this cold around you as if uh, this is a constant uh, energy that is slowly turning them, that is emanating from further into the cave. Taryn walks up to where the priest is, the the one in the robes of Alona. <laughs> hey, priest. She's catatonic. Yep. The priestess is not answering to anything right now. Any of you? And I look around. Not a single muscle moved. Well, and there's no magic items, correct? There's no magic items. Go further in. Just a general question. Is this cave big enough for my Allosaurus? If not, I would have left him outside to guard the entrance. The cave <laughs> dwelling, about seven feet tall. How tall is your Allosaurus? He's probably taller than that. He's large, so. Okay. So, yeah, you can have so him guard he's guarding the... the. he's guarding the gate. Great. <laughs> Because you got him for another hour, right? Yeah, might as well as, just, you know, lock the door. <laughs> as you uh, f- go further into the cave, you turn a corner and you see a hooded figure with con- uh, that is conjuring what looks to be a portal. Inside of that portal, you see uh, what looks like a giant bloated red demon with bat-like wings, hooved legs of a goat... Ram-like horns, carrying an oversized wand with a skull on it. Dad? It is staring back at the person conjuring the portal. It sees you through the portal as you turn the corner. And you hear this being goes, Petros, it appears you have guests and not the welcoming kind. Did you not pose guards to protect this ritual? They look unscathed. You have disappointed me for the last time, Petros. And then you see this giant horned figure burst through the portal as the portal closes Uh-oh. and annihilates whoever was in this hood. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I kept my second spell slot. Roll That's, initiative. I'm it is one I knew thing. That was coming. I got 14. 14? All right. I got 14 as well. Ooh. 10. Ooh, 19. This thing rolled 13. All right. As this thing runs through, you see these tusks coming out the side of its head forward, and it takes off whatever this hooded figure was, drops it to the ground, pulls out a dagger and a hand crossbow, and you see spikes as a mohawk, and it lets out this devastating... You said crossbow? Uh, Hand crossbow, yes. Is it wearing anything? It is wearing a bandolier a purple cloak battle harness around its waist with a skull and a uh, and the sign of Asmodeus on it. So before this creature even fully pulls out the crossbow, I take a few steps back and put my hand on Taryn's leg because she's closest. I'm like, that looks, that looks like an Orthon, and if we don't kill it now, it will hunt us forever until our deaths, but we shouldn't be near it if it dies. Yep. Willow from Buffy is here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's what Roland first, and then Taryn, and then Babby. Roland is okay. So Roland's gonna let his Allosaurus go. 
and uh, cast Conjure Animal one more time. What's he got Conjure this time? This time he is conjuring two brown bears. What's that initiative? <laughs> Six. All right. After Finbar. All right. Next up, Babby or Taryn? I'll go. I'll try Charm Person. All right. It says it must make a wisdom saving throw and does so with advantage if you or your companions are fighting it. All right. It looks at you and it puts up its finger. It wags it back and forth. <laughs> Next up. Karen, right? I raise my, my pack weapon and it again, it alights in uh, a glow as I I cast uh, Branding Smite again. Okay. And I approach it and try to attack it twice. Alright, do it. First attack, oh, 18 plus 8, 26. <laughs> yeah. Second is 16 plus eight. <laughs> you are, you're 24. killing this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God. Do it. 15 and 12. All right. Grab that for me real quick. How tall is this thing? This thing is, is large. All it's right, barely so... fitting inside of this. The cave is uh, opened up to about 10 feet tall, and this thing is about eight feet tall. I go for its kneecaps. Ooh. Break its kneecaps. And it looks down lets out a little a grunt and it brings its dagger down on you and it hits the ground next to you because it misses badly <laughs> next up Finbar Paladin okay alright so we'll do that channel divinity sacred weapon make a weapon magical with a plus two attack bonus and magical light branding smite yeah uh, yeah branding smite uh, fuck it dude let's go bowling uh, <laughs> 13, lucky number 13, plus 8, so 21. All right, you hit. Yay. Uh, uh, what's the damage for that? The damage is 1d6 plus 5 piercing damage, so that I got a 5. Plus the branding smite, right? Plus, so two fours on that one, and then a okay. 5 on the other one. Two fours and a five? Yeah. So that is 13. Okay. All right. Next up, bears. Bears. Both of the bears are going to... Uh, <laughs> they get the, they get both, they get multi-attack, so they're going to bite and claw at this. This one didn't. So both bears bite. One gets a, a miss, and the other one hits for uh, 25. With the 25? You hit, absolutely. 17 on one claw and 17 on one claw. Uh, neither hit. Neither hit, so just the bite. Okay. Six, ten points of damage. Alright. Next up, Roland. Roland sprouts four extra appendages, and his eyes kind of bulk up as he turns into a gigantic spider. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> what color is this spider? Oh, he's brown with little black spots. And nice. little yellow around the eyes. Okay. Uh, Babby, you're next. I'm going to aim my short bow. At one of its thighs. Okay. And fire. So Go for it. I rolled an 18. You hit. And then I'm just rolling one D6, right? I don't have sneak or anything. Or- so you do get the three, three D6 because it's not expe- It's not looking at you right now. Four, okay. four, five, two. 11 plus four is 15. All right. Yep. Next up, the, the morning star of awesome. 
Yes. Morningstar. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Yeah. Morningstar is. I'm just like. Yeah, get it in the knee. This seems to be working. Yeah. Uh, first attack is 15. Second attack is 24. Yeah, you hit in the second attack. Second attack hits. Okay. 18. 18? All right. My morning star just like sizzles when it, you know, embeds itself into this creature's knee. So it's got a morning star in one knee and it's got an arrow in another knee. Yeah, Sounds its like adventuring it days to... are over. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I didn't even realize that. We just need a bucket for its head. Anyone? <laughs> oh, I am on that cantrip. My next, <laughs> next up is the thing, and it is not liking this morning star getting buried in its legs. And so it's going to take the dagger at you, Terran, again. Mm. It hits for 11 damage. Okay, that's fine. Whatevs. You need to make a constitution saving throw, though. Oh, uh, that is not good. That is a six. You take 22 poison damage. Oh, I collapse onto the ground. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh. Wow, that went fast. I just fall. Boof. Oh, this thing can't attack me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am wee. Somebody want, want to stabilize the warlock. Just wait, saying. wait, I think I can do that. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> I was about to say, we only have... You're also right next to her. <laughs> oh, that works out really, really well. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so should I do that as an action or... Yeah, that's your action. Uh, so what do you want to do? I can use lay on hands to heal her. Okay. You're also poisoned for one minute. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yep. So I, I was to like, take should... damage every turn. Yep. I was like, Great. should I heal? Should I heal or neutralize the poison? So mm. I should note at this point that when I turned to the spider, of course, all my stuff fell off of me because yeah. I'm a spider now. <laughs> in <laughs> y'all would know that in my bag are two vials of antitoxin. Uh, I'm gonna use lay on hands, and I will use uh, I'm gonna use ten of the twenty-five. Okay. So that we still have so some backup. So five, five for disease, five for for bringing her back. Five for disease and ten for bringing her back. Let's do that. Okay, so you're going to use fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. Awesome. So that's that's ten hit points back. Yep. And then the because the other five was to get rid of poison. Yes. And now bears. The bears continue to like all and bite. So they're biting first. Uh, oh, no, neither of them bite. And then they <laughs> with their claws. <laughs> one bear is just utterly useless. The other one is clawing for uh, an 18. Okay, you hit. 15. This thing is looking bloodied, but it is it's it is still ready to fight everything in its mm-hmm. power. This is one of those things that just does not go down without a fight. All right, next up, Roland, Mr. Spider. Spider Roland um, crawls up onto the ceiling, so he's kind of hanging upside down. Okay. Um, and he positions himself so he's like 30 feet away from this thing, and he shoots a web at it. Ooh, what does the web do? The web makes the target restrained if it doesn't make a strength check of DC 12. D- 13? You miss. Yeah. So he shoots the web, but he misses. You, it, sees this, it sees this spider web coming at it, and it dodges down. It looks at Terran. This thing looks down, crouches down to avoid the spider web, 
and sees Taryn's eyes are open and Finbar is over her. Next up, Babby. As I see the creature look down at Finbar and Taryn, I take my short bow up a little bit and also kneel down to get better aim and I aim for the eyes. Ooh, do it. I rolled a three. Oh. <laughs> Wide left. It even sticks into the wall of the cave because you had a really good velocity on it. Next up, cool. Taryn. All right, I'm on the ground here. So I guess I take my movement action to stand up. Okay. And then I bash at this thing again. Bash, bash. <laughs> uh, but you no longer have your brand, correct? Yeah, I guess that my concentration would have been broken. Okay. Yeah. Like a 21. You hit. Absolutely, and you hit. The next one is 13 plus 8. 21 again. Boom. 16. Okay. All right. It is getting tired, and its knees are starting to buckle every few Good. swings. I've bashed them enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that kneecap should be mush. After seeing the arrow whiz by its head, it sees and sees the arrow in its knee. It's going after Babby, and it raises up a crossbow to fire. What's your AC? 14. It hits. It hits for 14 damage. Everybody make a constitution check. Saving throw. And I'm add doing your constitution spider result, effect. right? Yeah. Spider constitution. Which is probably epic. 15. Actually, it's not. Nine. Okay. So, Duncan, you take... You take seven damage. Everybody else takes 13. I fall back down to the ground. (laughs) Hey, you got a couple of good hits in again, though. I did. You see it lift up both of its arms, and uh, you see a thunder wave emanate from it, knocking everybody back a little bit. Not prone, but Terran's prone. Next up is Finbar. Uh, gonna do the old two chopperoo. 25. Or is that 17 total? Yes. Okay, you hit. 13. 13 total. total. You miss the second one. All right. Okay. Well, What's I the damage one. on the. 11. Great. It's gasping for air right now. It better be. It, next up, bears. <laughs> Duh, bears. Duh, bears. Well, one bear continues to be useless. Does. Okay. Uh, <laughs> does. 16 hit. Nope, both. There's root. All right. Now it's the spider, though. Go for it, Roland. Spider comes in and tries to buy. uh, Gets uh, still hanging from the. Gettles up right above it and tries to bite it in the head. Okay. Nice. For seven. So this is two. Nope. Zero for the druid. (laughs) Next up is Babby. You could do this. I have six hit points left. I better be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Aim in the short bow at the at the legs again. Great. I got a nat 20. So, so <laughs> let me say to the mic. <laughs> so how this works is uh, with a nat 20, you roll twice as you roll your damage dice. So your normal damage dice, which is what, 1d6? Yes. Roll that. Three. Three. So it's six plus your three. You get double you get double damage from your weapon on a crit. Well, the first three added to ten. This is a crit with a sneak attack. Six. Total. 
Six total? Whoa. Yes. So that's 10, 16? Yes. Okay. You hit it in its knee. It kneels to the ground. And it looks straight at you, Babby. With this, with this expression of how. <laughs> it raises up its arms one more time. Dexterity. Save, everybody. I'm unconscious. 19. All right. 14. 14? Okay. Eight. Oof. All right. Babby doesn't take anything because evasion. Everybody else, you're going to take 18 damage. Nine of fire and nine of thunder in an explosion of this Zorthon. Except I am only going to take nine because I have hellish resistance, which is resistance to fire damage. Uh, Resistance means you half, I believe means you half it. Five dip fire damage instead of nine fire damage. My spider form is gone, and then I okay. take residual damage. But I was on the ceiling, so I my fall. Yeah, you guys are all blown back. Okay, cool. So that's part of that damage, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is everybody? Uh, so you're everybody's nah. blown back to the back of the room. My body skitters across the the floor. Um, and all that there is is just this remnants of whatever books, journals, anything. It's all been burnt because it's, it was just this big fireball exploding in the middle of the room. I'll use uh, I'll use the last 10 hit points of uh, on hands. Alright. And Taryn is back up and kicking. Yeah, my eyes shoot open. I look up at you. Hello. I smell roasting flesh. What's going on? He... He couldn't I... stay puffed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> As you sort of tend to your wounds and make your way back, dawn breaks after this very long night. And you are greeted as you are leaving with everybody being awake in those cages. Nobody's turning into ghouls anymore. That's All normal good. color. Are there keys to these cages anywhere around? Uh, there is keys in the office of the room that got blown up. Are the keys not melted? Yes, they are not melted. Sweet. <laughs> I scurry over and get the keys and bring them back. And I unlock the cages. Okay. I totally unlock the cages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bye. Hey, what's in it for us? As you are in your way back from the cave, you are bringing a group of about 20 people back into town. It's as if they've woken up from a deep slumber. And you continue through, and you see as you make your way back into town that the church, the temple on the far end, has collapsed completely. You see the priestess of Alona there, look at the temple, look up into the air and say, praise Alona. Uh, The sheriff who has freshly bathed greets you. And (laughs) we are stinky and full of brimstone and slime. And he sees you and goes, take all the time you need. Sleep, rest. We have people who can tend to your wounds as well. Thank you. And there is not a cloud in the sky as you up into the air 
as you're heading into the inn to get some much needed rest, relaxation, and downtime. Well, they survived the night. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more of us, check out our podcast at www.diceunkind.com. You can find me, Jeremy, on Twitter at Jeremy Alexa or at The Dice Unkind. Hey, I'm Maria, and you can reach me on Twitter, handle Franzibolt, F-R-A-N-T-Z-O-B-O-L-T. Hi, I'm Victoria. You can find me on Twitter at Mimi Merlot and my other podcast, The Broadswords, on Twitter at The Broadswords. I'm Duncan, and you can find me on my other podcast, Oh No Wrestling and Nobody Cares Go Harder. Or you can find me on Twitter at NCGH Duncan. Hi, I'm Sean, and you can find me on Twitter at Sean Puffy Rice. Once again, I'm Jeremy Alexa. This is the Dice Unkind, and let your good times roll. Thanks for all the slime and this opportunity, not just for myself as a DM, but for some of my friends who have never played D&D before until this session. Check out Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes. It really is a great book to add to your D&D collection. Cult Busters out. <laughs>